Hey, it's Mailbag Wednesday. I asked White Sox fans, how are they feeling about this upcoming season? And they definitely let me hear it. Uh, Lots of mixed feelings and some optimism uh, thrown in there, but most of the feedback uh, had a negative connotation, coupled with a sense of indifference with just days remaining until pitchers and catchers report. What are the big storylines to look for in Arizona and MLB goes into detail on the new rule changes for this upcoming season. You are locked on White Sox, your daily Chicago White Sox podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey, Sox fans, welcome to Locked on White Sox. Thank you for making Locked on White Sox your first listen each and every day. We're free and available on all platforms. Follow us on Twitter at Locked on Sox. Also subscribe to our YouTube channel. Uh, Just search Locked on White Sox. Hey, this episode is brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, official sportsbook of Locked on. Make every moment more. Visit fanduel.com slash locked on today to get started. Hey, I'm your host, Nick Murawski, a lifelong diehard Chicago White Sox fan, recording this podcast just blocks from the ballpark in beautiful Bridgeport. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore GGTB. Hey, really appreciate you letting me steal some of your time to talk off season White Sox. Lockdown White Sox is part of the Lockdown Podcast Network your team every day. Uh, We got pitch clock, larger bases, and the shift will be banned starting in spring training. How will these changes affect the White Sox? Uh, Can Pedro Grifol accomplish what we are all banking on, getting the White Sox to bounce back in 2023? And I open up the mailbag and take a look at how White Sox fans are feeling about this up coming season. Hey, welcome back to Lockdown White Sox. Look for one more episode this week uh, on Thursday. Uh, we'll be back up to five episodes once spring training gets underway. Appreciate you passing this podcast along to other White Sox fans in your life. Uh, it is Mailbag Wednesday, and uh, this is a bit of a continuation from the previous episode when we started talking about you know, everybody's feelings about this upcoming season, it's its already started to, I think, rise up. It's, these episodes have been a bit therapeutic uh, with spring training, you know, uh, very close, uh, about a week away or so. Games going to be starting on February 25th. Uh, it, it's happening, folks. And uh, a lot of feelings are starting to, to spill out as we're Realizing the offseason is just about over, and a lot of the things uh, that we were hoping for weren't accomplished. So I opened up this question uh, on Twitter yesterday, and boy, I got a ton of responses from folks. Uh, and the question was pretty simple. You know, with about 50 days remaining uh, until the, the opener in Houston, uh, how are you feeling about the upcoming season? And, and we talked a little bit about it. Uh, in the previous episode, but we've got some specific comments uh, that I'd love to respond uh, to. Uh, now, lots of comments, you know, on Jimenez and Robert, which I like to think are the thunder and lightning uh, of this White Sox roster. You know, we're going to talk a little bit of, more about team leader or leaders 
uh, later in this episode uh, and what Grafol wants to do and what maybe, you know, what I think they should do. Uh, you know, is Tim Anderson really uh, going to be the leader? Does he want to step up? Um, and I, I think the team really is going to go the way Jimenez and Robert go. If they can stay healthy, and that's the big if. Everybody's talking about it. Every article you read about White Sox having a possible bounce back year, it's Jimenez and Robert, Robert and Jimenez. Can they stay healthy? Can they finally live up to, uh, you know, their potential? And uh, so a lot of a lot of comments revolving around those two players. And so here, here's one that I found really interesting, and uh, and I get it. I absolutely get uh, this comment, and I appreciate it. This was the comment I received about how are you feeling about this upcoming season and. Uh, I continue to be a Sox fan and hope for their success, but I will no longer invest my time or money in any deep way to this organization. The last two years have found me reflecting on how unfulfilled 50 years of fandom uh, have felt. Um, And boy, the lack of investment has been a common theme, not just time, but but monetarily, you know, am, am I gonna am I gonna make White Sox games appointment TV? I think that's what a lot of fans are wondering. And from what I have received the feedback, it's no, that this is not going to be appointment TV. Maybe at the beginning of the season, we'll see how this thing goes. But you know, summer will take its course, and people will live their lives. And uh, in in a lot of people's minds, this is what I'm. This is the impression I'm getting. This Sox team will not be relevant uh, by the trade deadline. Uh, the Sacks will be, you know, third, fourth place in the AL Central. I'm not going to waste my time anymore. You know, that's some people are are feeling that way. And in this particular fan that, uh, you know, responded on Twitter, I understand it completely. I mean, the investment uh, of time and money, you know, did you buy tickets? If you have a season ticket package, 20, 40 games, did you buy more? Uh, are there certain games, you know, if you don't have a season ticket package, were there certain games that you went after? Were you waiting maybe in the secondary market? Are you waiting for prices to go down? There's no real urgency right now. Uh, I think opening day is always that uh, opening weekend maybe uh, is always a big deal. And, you know, weather permitting, of course, uh, the home opener, usually pretty well attended. Uh, the Giants are in town. It's a Monday. It's a three o'clock game. So I could see that. Uh, but maybe you didn't invest in anything beyond that. Uh, for me, you know, the Sox are the only Southside Major League Baseball team. Uh, that, that's where I'm coming from. There is no Oak Lawn White Sox or Tinley Park uh, White Sox that I can gravitate to. I mean, Jerry Reinsdorf owns this team right now, and, and that's what I have to deal with. Uh, the White Sox, uh, for me, are a connection to my past. Maybe you feel the same way. I'm a fourth-generation Chicago White Sox fan. Uh, the Sox are, you know, a, re- a relationship conduit, you know, to other to friends and family that I have. It's not just quitting uh, the White Sox. It's changing my complete identity uh, and separating myself from family and friends. So, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, hey, why don't you just stop? Stop giving money to this organization. Stop investing your time. I wish I could. And that's a that's a me problem. I, I, I can't. I can't do it. Uh, it, I've too much invested and, you know, I, I'm still going to be a fan, but, uh, you know, I, I do question though, how much more I will invest than I already do. Uh, it, that's something I'm struggling with. 
uh, because of what I've seen uh, these last few off seasons, uh, very disappointing. Uh, so I don't know, you know, the going above and beyond out of excitement, it's just not there right now. Uh, but you know, there's no question I will continue to be a fan. So appreciate that. Uh, that response. Here's another one. You know, fan said, Hey, I, I'm kind of lost. I just don't have a great feeling. And normally I'm, I'm a, anything could happen fan, but not so much right now. And, and I totally respect that uh, feeling kind of lost. I think it's a good way of describing it. Uh, I can relate. It's a, how did we get here? You know, we were, we were promised and, and promised maybe isn't a good word, you know, because there, there's no guarantee. Uh, but you felt almost like this was kind of going to be a sure thing. We, we were going to be winning divisions, you know, uh, back to back. We'd be going to the ALCS. We might have already have seen a World Series appearance by now. We were going to be going after top uh, uh, free agents, premium players, uh, and, and the feeling of uh, uncertainty at this point. Could, could this year really be uh, just the same from last year? I personally don't think that way. I think this team is going to be, you know, more than just two or three games better, but you know, and anything could happen. This particular fan is like, I don't know if I'm at that stage right now. Uh, I don't know if I can even say that. Uh, and, and I get it. Uh, another fan reached out on Twitter and responded with, look, I'm excited. I love White Sox baseball. I get excited every year. I think it's my optimism speaking. And I can also relate to that. I'm hearing that a little bit uh, as well. You know, there is some optimism uh, out there. And there should be. I, I understand why. We've talked about on this podcast the different paths uh, to optimism. If if all these players, you know, hit their potential and not just not having like unbelievably career years, but just coming back to normalcy, uh, I think the Sox are going to be a successful team. Now, I, I, I tend to be a fan with my heart, not necessarily my head. You know, I if I, if I could go back uh, and review some of the conversations I had in 2018, 2019, I had the Sox maybe making a run at the playoffs. Okay. That's insane. But I was a fan with my, you know, with my heart, not really, you know, the metrics with my head. So uh, the stranger things can happen approach. You never know. You know, I, I get that. And, and I want to be positive and I want to be optimistic, but I think I'm struggling with the fact that that, hey, anything can happen. That, that's what the front office, the White Sox front office have used now. Uh, you know, people can stay healthy. People can return to the back of their baseball cards. That shouldn't be the strategy, though, that, that's solely based on that hope. And I think that's what's eating at me. However, I am still optimistic about this team right now. Uh, another fan said, Hey, this is the least excited I felt in years. I don't expect them to be better than 500 in 2023. I hope I'm wrong. And, and I wonder how, you know, I don't know, we won't probably get the specific numbers, but I wonder how ticket sales have gone so far. Uh, the least excited in years that has been a common theme. Uh, when, when I read through all these replies, uh, when I put that statement out in Twitter, a lot of folks are like, eh, I, you know, I could I could take it or leave it. You know, I'll watch. But again, I, I, I'm not going to it's not going to be appointment TV. I'm going to live my life. I'm not it's not going to revolve around the White Sox uh, schedule. If I'm home or if I'm, you know, in the car, I'll listen. I'll you know, I'll follow up. But I'm not going to be uh, any more invested uh, than I typically am. So, 
look, no wrong answers, of course. Absolutely not. Uh, my you know, fandom uh, is going to be different from your fandom and the other way around. That is completely okay, of course. I, I do appreciate the feedback. Really interesting to go through these replies on how everybody is feeling. And I, I did get a sense, if I were to ballpark it, I would say most of the replies had that downer, that negative feel to it. Now, if you are a subscriber to The Athletic, you probably got asked to fill out a survey recently. I, I did go through that and I filled that out. The results just came back. James Fegan had an article uh, going into detail on all the results. And boy, uh, there were some eye-opening numbers on how people are feeling about this White Sox team. So do yourself a favor if you haven't already, or, or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't have the stomach for it. Uh, go through that. Uh, those survey results, uh, very eye-opening. Uh, would it be better if there was one clear leader in the clubhouse if Pedro Grafol called out one player to step up? I'm going to tell you why leadership might be a collective effort this season. More on that uh, in a moment. Today's episode is brought to you by FanDuel. Uh, this year, the only app you need at your Super Bowl party is FanDuel, America's number one sports book. We're really excited about our new sports betting partner for lockdown because of the number one sports book in America, FanDuel. And if you're new to FanDuel, that's even better. They have so many great features that make betting on sports fun and easy. Download FanDuel now so you can bet Super Bowl 57 with a no sweat first bet. You'll get to uh, get up to $3,000 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, uh, FanDuel lets you bet on everything from the money line to point spreads to who will score a touchdown. Uh, I think the over-under for the Super Bowl right now is 50 and a half. Uh, and this is an interesting kind of prop bet in a way. Any player, it's not a prop bet, but it feels like it. Any player uh, passing over 500 and 5.5 yards, that's a plus 8,000. That would be a Super Bowl record, so check that out. Uh, the FanDuel Sports app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Best of all, you can get uh, page your winnings instantly. So join FanDuel today at FanDuel.com slash LockedOn to claim your no-sweat first bet on Super Bowl 57. That's FanDuel.com slash LockedOn. Make every moment more with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. Uh, maybe you uh, saw uh, Scott Merkin's uh, recent uh, little article on WhiteSacks.com. Uh, I, I received it in his newsletter in my email, and he had uh, some storylines that he was focusing on that I thought were pretty interesting with some quotes and some reasoning behind it. Uh, three storylines specifically here as, as spring training is uh, on its way. Uh, one of the storylines was Pedro Grafol at the helm. And this is what uh, Pedro Grafol had to say about, you know, his first time as a manager here. Obviously, managing is different than the bench coach. Uh, as a bench coach, you are leading people, but somebody else is leading you. Here, I'm leading people. Uh, but I love to delegate. I love to watch people work. I love to watch people lead. I think about February 14th and the 15th, and it's really no different other than I'm going to stand in front of the team and share our expectations with them and go out there and execute. That's really what it's about. Um, you know, again, I, I've been I've been happy with what Pedro Grafol has been saying uh, ever since, you know, his initial uh, press conference. I thought he won the press conference. Uh, he's got the resume. 
a little disappointed that the White Sox went with uh, someone that did not have a prior uh, MLB uh, head coach experience. And I, and I wish it came from a more successful organization. And but I'm you know, I'm I'm sold on everything that Grafol is saying. And it, it is going to be different. I can't imagine, you know, sitting back. But, you know, he's surrounding himself by you know people that he trusts, I believe. It sounds like communication is an all-time high so far, a lot of healthy conversations. And it's all about that language, you know, making sure players uh, understand where you're coming from. I love how he said expectations. And, and I hopefully those are set early and there's some accountability. You know, I, I think that's the other big thing. What's going to happen if, you know, uh, players aren't living up to to that promise, to what was talked about in Glendale, Arizona, as the season unfolds. How will Pedro Grifol, you know, uh, get get the ship right, so to speak, if things go, um, you know, in a different direction, off course? So uh, that's a good storyline. You know, watching Pedro Grifol, what he has to say, how he, you know, how he. Uh, attack some of these, you know, the second base uh, competition, the right field competition, you know, how he's using guys and, and you know, how the how the Sox play, how they really uh, try to exploit another team's weakness. We probably won't see some of that, you know, until the actual season gets going. But uh, the, the Pedro Grafol at the helm is a good storyline. Uh, Merkin also uh, said, will Colas be the right man for right field? Everybody's asking that. Uh, and this is what Chris Getz had to say. He's a guy who has really good hands at the plate, certainly has power, has a good arm. He loves to compete and plays passionately. He has a chance to be an impactful major league player. Uh, there's a real aggressiveness to how he plays the game. He has the ability to make adjustments at the plate uh, just because of how talent his hands are. And I feel like he really has a chance to help our major league club soon. So you could you can go and, you know, you could dissect uh, that that you know that quote there. The aggressiveness that worries me a little bit. Uh, some of our uh, players, you know, we've seen it from Mancada mm, every now and then. Robert Moore and uh, and Jimenez Abreu got into some some patterns uh, over the last season or so, uh, swinging at pitches that they had no business swinging at. You know, the, the lack of discipline. So I appreciate the aggressiveness, and maybe I'm reading into it a little too much, but. Uh, it's the discipline that I'm looking forward to seeing uh, from Colas and how he handles himself uh, with major league uh, pitching. And, uh, you know, gets saying he has a chance to help out our major league club soon. You know, he's obviously carefully crafting, uh, you know, that that quote, that comment. Uh, you know, he's going to have an opportunity to earn that right field spot. Uh, but I, I don't think anybody wants to assign it to him right now. Again, he didn't have a lot of time in AAA, so this will be an interesting spring training for him, to say the least. This was from uh, MLB Trade Rumors recently, very recently, an article regarding the uh, White Sox right field situation. Uh, and this is from the article. Through the uh, White, Though the White Sox seem capable of having a better outfield this year, the overall depth does seem to be lacking at the moment. If Colas comes into spring and looks great, then things are probably in good shape. But if he looks a little shaky and goes back to the minors, then Sheets and Jimenez are likely handling things, with both of those guys being defensive liabilities. One injury would suddenly vault Garcia or one of the non-roster guys into an everyday role. More than one injury would really create a problem. 
So depth has been an issue with this White Sox club for a while. And, you know, it's on the White Sox organization, the front office. They refuse to get, you know, a proven veteran right fielder. That's why we have this situation. That's why you've got Aloy Jimenez going out there to the media a couple of weeks ago saying, hey, look, uh, I want to play right field. I just don't want to be a DH. Uh, and hopefully that's not the case. But I appreciate, you know, his passion that he's saying it. Uh, there was a. Uh, uh, a, a website, uh, a Twitter account, MLB Metrics, uh, that came out with a list of top uh, designated hitters in all of baseball, uh, American League National. And uh, they put Aloy Jimenez at the three spot uh, for designated hitters. So, again, don't don't tell Aloy Jimenez that right now unless Pedro Grafal in the front office got to him already and said, look, I uh, appreciate your, your media moment, but no, no, no. You are our designated hitter. Uh, pretty cool that MLB metrics already put him in the three spot in all of baseball. And, you know, again, I think it's people realizing his potential. Look, if you could stay healthy, look what you can do. If you want to help this club, it's through the designated hitter spot. Uh, in the third storyline, uh, that Merkin laid out was collective bounce back. And, and that's what everybody is talking about. And Grafal with that quote, uh, that blurb, there are a lot of guys with a chip on their shoulder. And, you know, there's been tons written about the White Sox with a negative tone this offseason, even going back to the end of last season. Things coming out of, you know, from Cleveland. After Cleveland stormed through uh, Sox Park, and took care of business on their way to winning the division and what they had to say about the White Sox. Is it bulletin board material? Do you believe in that type of stuff? Do you need that uh, to motivate you? You know, as my co-host on, on Good Guys Talk Back, Pat Hester would say, it's like whatever you can use, whatever you can use, and it's different for every player, I would imagine, you know, use that. You know, if you got a chip on your shoulder, if you feel like you were left off on certain lists, you know, Dylan Cease not being mentioned as one of the top starting pitchers by MLB, they came out with that list. Use that. Absolutely use it. Have a unified, uh, you know, a unified sense as a team. And, hope, and maybe it's something that they talk about in spring training. Maybe Grafal says, look, this is what's been said about you as a team and how last year went. You know, are you ready to prove these folks wrong? We've talked about it. Now we have to put it into action. Uh, the White Sox and the rest of MLB will start getting used to the new rules very soon. What are the specifics and how will they affect the White Sox? More on that in a moment. So you got new rules, uh, the, the major uh, new rules. It's the pitch timer, uh, pitch clock. You've got the larger bases and, of course, the uh, uh, banning the shift. Uh, you know, uh, we had a listener Last week for the mailbag, Amber, she she asked a little bit about some of these new rules. And uh, so this is a bit of a follow up from last week. You know, MLB came out with an article about specifics in terms of these uh, different rules. So pitch timer, the length of games will be determined by innings, not minutes. But to create a crisper pace, there will be a 30 second timer between batters and then a shorter time limit between Pitches. Pitchers will be required to begin their motion 15 seconds after receiving the ball with the bases empty or 20 seconds after receiving the ball with runners on base. If they don't, they will be charged with an automatic uh, ball. Um, uh, batters, meanwhile, must be in the batter's box and alert uh, to the pitcher by the eight second mark on the clock uh, or else be charged with an automatic strike. So, 
you know, we've got hitters and pitchers that are going to have to adjust to this. Uh, guys like Dylan Cease, they could be kind of slow to the to the mound, uh, to the plate, I should say. Uh, maybe both, uh, you know, Cease, you know, taking the hat off, going to the hair, you know, kind of walking around uh, cerebral almost uh, where Johnny Cueto, which we don't have anymore. He was really quick, you know, grab that ball. You know, I'm going to get into, uh, you know, my routine, which is different. I felt like every pitch was different to the hitter. Uh, so this is going to be an adjustment and, and for hitters adjusting the batting glove and all these other different, you know, you know, things that hitters go into to get in a routine. That's going to change. Uh, Matt Carpenter weighed in. Uh, he had a sense of this from uh, playing in the minors last year. Matt Carpenter said, initially, I hated the pitch timer. Uh, he spent uh, some time in AAA in 2022 playing with the pitch timer. I grew into liking it a lot to the point where I would fully endorse it in the major league game. The big selling point is that the pace of the game uh, is way better. Um, and then you got the shift restrictions. A lot of questions on this. Uh, so can infielders switch sides? So MLB said no. So if the shortstop is the team's best defender, he cannot switch spots with the second baseman against a batter more likely to hit the ball to that side of second base. Uh, can an outfielder play in the infield as a fifth defender? Yes, a team can take a bigger risk of the batter hitting the ball the other way to a more open expanse in the outfield. Interesting. Uh, what is the penalty for failure to comply with the shift restrictions? It's an automatic ball. Are shift restrictions subject to replay review? They are. And again, this is all going to be in play uh, in spring training. So umpires can get used to this as well as, of course, players and managers and coaches. Can an infielder circumvent the rule by running across second base or into the outfield when the pitch is released? This is a question I've talked to so many people about, and I'm glad we've got like a final answer on it. No, you cannot do that. In addition to being physically difficult, such circumvention will be monitored by the umpires as a violation uh, resulting in an automatic ball. Uh, and then the third big rule change is the bigger bases uh, going from 15 inches on each side to 18 inches on each side while home plate remains unchanged. Uh, the primary reason why the bases are bigger is safety, giving fielders and runners more room to operate without colliding. Uh, again, these will all be used during spring training. I mean, this, this, this is going to change. Uh, it's going to, it's going to force infielders to speed up for sure. I'm going to, you're going to see a lot of uh, bobbled baseballs. Uh, will you see bunting? Well, I don't know. Uh, I don't know if you're going to force, you know, a, a fielder, an infielder's hand uh, to try to hurry up a little bit. Maybe some of your speedsters will. Uh, how many times have you seen, you know, players trying to stretch out an infield single and, you know, tearing or ripping a hamstring? We've seen that quite a bit. Uh, so all being tested here in spring training. Uh, I think the Sox, again, this is uh, this is a philosophy, right? How Pedro Grafol uses certain guys, you know, Robert with his speed, you know, if Billy Hamilton can make the club, that that's a guy. But do you want to test it? Uh, I think it's going to be, you know, on a, on a situation to situation basis. But it'll be interesting how Pedro Grafol says, you know what, we can use this to our advantage, uh, you know, and how we approach the game. So look for that uh, this spring training. 
Folks, thank you so very much for making this podcast part of your daily routine. You can find the Lockdown White Sox podcast absolutely everywhere you find your podcasts. Uh, we are on Twitter at Lockdown Sox. You can find me on Twitter at Nick underscore uh, GGTV. And don't forget to subscribe to our YouTube channel and get your questions in for next week's mailbag at LockedOnSox at Gmail. Uh, dot com. Thanks for making Lockdown White Sox your first listen. I'll make your second listen. Uh, Lockdown MLB Prospects host Lindsey Crosby is a prospect encyclopedia, and he's going deep on the MLB stars of tomorrow. It's free and available wherever you get your podcasts. Coming up on the next episode, I'll be continuing to look at off-season scenarios and how they will impact the White Sox in 2023 as we inch closer to spring training. Appreciate you making time for the Lockdown White Sox podcast. I'm Nick Murawski. Until next time, go Sox.